Good evening, everybody. Welcome to To The Point. Hope you're all doing well. Here tonight to add to my series of NFL podcasts heading into the season, which is less than a month away. It was a, It's 30 days until the start of the NFL season proper, September 7th. Chiefs-Lions to kick off the season. So less than a month away, we're doing a preview on every division. We're going to be doing the NFC South. Today did the AFC South. Last week, we'll be doing the AFC North later in the week. We'll get back to regular programming tomorrow. i got a lot lot happening today. Some fun tennis, some comebacks, uh, some baseball news. Uh, NCAA football craziness. So we'll touch on that manana. But tonight, NFC South. NFC South was once a division ruled by, for a long time, Drew Brees. Then Tom Brady came through. You had Jameis Winston, who occupied the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Atlanta Falcons were... Matty Ice territory, and they were. It was a division that had a lot of stable quarterback play. Matt Ryan was in Atlanta for close to 15 years. You had Tom Brady, okay, he wasn't in Tampa a long time, but he was in the NFL for over 20 years. Drew Brees played for 20 years in the league, over 10 with the New Orleans Saints. So you had a lot of simpatico you had a lot of older quarterbacks establishing themselves and occupying a lane for themselves for a long period of time this year you can't really say that about the nfc south it is it is the land of opportunity it is the land of fresh of new beginnings in this division as we try to figure out who's going to win this division Who's going to be good in this division? We have a number one overall pick playing in the NFC South. So a lot has changed. For Tampa Bay, Tom Brady retired. Tom Brady bought a football team recently. Soccer, football in the the UK. He bought a footy ball team. He's no longer playing quarterback. Is the window closing on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, that's an interesting question. Because the Tom Brady departs, and there was options out there in the free agent market. There was Derek Carr. There was Aaron Rodgers, potentially. Geno Smith was a free agent. There was trades to be had. In my opinion, we saw Russell Wilson get traded a couple years ago. So things can happen if you want to try to press and make it happen. But Tom Brady leaves, and Tampa Bay's in this weird position. Because they have their longtime GM, Jason Light, who worked toe-in-toe with Tom Brady, and they built a successful program that was competitive for every year that Tom Brady was there until the wheels fell off. And Todd Bowles remains, it's only his second year as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it's his fifth year in Tampa. Was the D.C. for three 
now the head coach for his second season, and in his first year as head coach, the team missed the playoffs. He had his worst defensive metric team that he's ever coached in Tampa, which is his side of the football. It's his specialty. So going into this season, I think there's a lot of pressure on Todd Bowles because I think he was nearly fired after one year as a head coach because it was a bit of a disaster last year. Tom Brady didn't practice on Wednesdays. You had veterans who were speaking out against the team. Mike Evans wasn't all that happy. Chris Godwin was talking about contracts in the middle of the season. You had Devin White request a trade in the offseason. There's a little bit of upheaval on the pirate ship. So knowing that, you go into a season thinking that you have to win to keep your job. There's some pressure and it would be nice to have a quarterback that you feel good about. Well, Tampa, I don't think does. Because currently ongoing, there is a quarterback competition in Tampa Bay between former number one overall pick Baker Mayfield Jr. the third and third round draft pick from now his third year in the NFL, Kyle Trask from the University of Florida. Kyle Trask has only been active for a few games in his NFL career, being the third stringer behind Blaine Gabbert and Tom Brady. But there's a competition. Baker Mayfield is on his third team. He's a lot like Sam Darnold, taking the same draft class, but neither man has solidified themselves as a prohibitive or even as a starting quarterback. Week to week, you don't know what you're going to get with Baker Mayfield. Is he going to complete passes? How many interceptions he's going to have? Is he going to be injured? He ended up on the Carolina Panthers last year. In a situation that I didn't think was all that bad. You had DJ Moore, you had Christian McCaffrey for the first half of the season. But it didn't go well. He had another injury, like he had the year before in Cleveland. And ultimately, he ended up on the Los Angeles Rams in the back half of the season. And he played okay. He had some decent moments on a Monday Night Football game. But here we are. His career is in the balance. Baker Mayfield is close to being in Carson Wentz territory, where he will be a unemployed quarterback. Carson Wentz currently does not have a job. You see videos of him working out in gear from his old teams, but he's not in training camp, unlike Teddy Bridgewater, who got a deal with the Detroit Lions. So it's an interesting dynamic with Baker Mayfield trying to establish himself, trying to find a home, find some stability, while also battling out with Kyle Trask. Because all the reports out of Tampa is it's a two-horse race. Baker Mayfield's going to start the first preseason game. Kyle Trask will start the second. And when you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. That's the old adage, and I've always believed in that. I like Baker's moxie. I like Baker's demeanor. I think he's a good interview. I like that he's cocky, although he probably shouldn't be because he's not all that talented and his career hasn't exactly gone all that well. 
But if I'm Todd Bowles, Baker Mayfield's my starting quarterback to start the year because he gives you the best chance to win right away. And here's why. Tampa Bay has lost Tom Brady. That's true. They lost Julio Jones. Sean Murphy Bunting departed the team at cornerback. Akeem Hicks, longtime Chicago Bear, really great interior defensive tackle. These are all veterans that have been around the league a long time that are no longer on the roster. But Tampa Bay is still a veteran team. Mike Evans, over 10 years in the NFL. Chris Godwin is entering year seven, I believe. You have uh, Russell Gage, who's on his second team coming over from Atlanta, who's been there. Ryan Jensen, veteran. I don't know how much longer he's going to play. Tristan Wirfs is becoming a veteran. You look at this team. They are not young. Shaq Barrett was a Super Bowl champion with the Broncos, then came over won a Super Bowl with the Bucks. He's been in the league a long time. So the, the makeup of this team is not let's just punt on this season because this team is not going to do it. They might not win a lot of games because of merit. They might not win a lot of games because their quarterback plays isn't good, but their structure... The way this roster is created tells everybody who's watching that they plan to compete and they want to try to be a competitive team. That's the goal going into the season. And Kyle, I watch Kyle Trask a lot because I watch a lot of college football. And it's been a couple years now because he's been on the NFL. He's been in the NFL, sitting on the bench. But he wasn't that great in college. He had his problems with accuracy. He held on to the ball too long. He's not all that athletic in the pocket. So in knowing that. I take my chances with a Baker Mayfield and you go to the younger guy after. Because it's the to me it's the only solution for Todd Bowles. This isn't where you drafted a quarterback in one of the top three or four picks and you go, okay, we have a veteran guy and then we have this new kid. Kyle Trask is a third-round pick who's been sitting around. This isn't Jordan Love. It's a different set of circumstances. Now, Tampa, they, they did a lot in the offseason. They added Matt Filer on the offensive line. They re-signed Jamel Dean and Levante David, who's only played for the Buccaneers. They drafted Kalijah Kansi out of the University of Pitt, who I think is going to be good right away. They drafted Trey Palmer, a wide receiver, out of the University of Nebraska. So this team still has the bones to be competitive, to compete. But I do think it's an older team. 
I do think it's a team that's been through a lot of wars. When Tom Brady was there, you get to the Super Bowl. Then you get to the NFC Divisional Round the following year. And it takes a lot out of you. Ryan Jensen missed almost all of last season. He's one of the best centers in the NFL when healthy. But will his game dip? Their left tackle, Donovan Smith, is now in Kansas City. Some people might see that as, as an upgrade. But you have to reconfigure this offensive line. And looking at it, you have worse. You had Filer, Jensen, Luke Gadecki, who they took in the first round two years ago. On paper, this isn't a horrible team. Because Mike Evans is a consistently good wide receiver, and he's 29. He's getting older. But even last year, he had 1,100 yards receiving. He had six touchdowns, 70, 77 receptions, 127 targets, but Tom Brady felt like he was the only player he could throw to. I almost forgot that Tampa made the playoffs last year. They lost to Dallas in uh, in the wild card game. That's my fault. That's my mistake. I don't. I forgot how bad of a beatdown that game was for Tom Brady for his last game. Uh, to be that horrible. But this team has been in the playoffs the last three years. They've been competitive in this division. They've won the division the last two years because they beat they, the Saints won it uh, the first year Brady was there when they won the Super Bowl. So my biggest concern with this team, injuries. It's injuries because I, I just look around and I go, that's a lot of older players that have, have a lot of wear on the tires. And that's my biggest weakness. Is Jamel Dean got re-signed. He missed a lot of time last year. Carlton Davis is a shaky corner. He's had a lot of problems in his career matching up in coverage. Guys have taken advantage of him. They added Ryan Neal to play strong safety. I don't view him as a, uh, that strong of a player. He's bounced around. He's played for the Falcons. He's played for the Cowboys. So uh, the defense used to be a big strength for the Buccaneers. And I still like parts of it. I think Kalaja Kansi, as I just mentioned, left defensive end, is going to be good as a rookie. Vita Vea at nose tackle is nearly unstoppable. And they added Greg Gaines behind him, good depth. Joe Tryon Shanuka, I think he's got more in there. I think he's a really he's he's a good pro. I, I think he is entering his sophomore year. He could have an upside. Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Devin White. In the linebacking core, good. But again, all of those guys have wear and tear. Devin White requested a trade. How bought in is he with this group? Does he want to be in Tampa? Does he have a good relationship with Todd Bowles? All of these things. Unlike the NBA, 
we have not seen the NFL really pivot into this demand a trade, you get out scenario. Whether it's Devin White, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, you can ask for something, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it. If you're a quarterback, you might, but even Aaron Rodgers had to wait longer than he wanted to get out of Green Bay. So Tampa's an interesting team because if they had Tom Brady, I would be of the opinion that they could compete for the division again. But because Baker Mayfield is really inconsistent, he'll have games where he'll throw four touchdowns, the next week he'll throw four interceptions, and you don't know what you're going to get. And he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, which is a good thing. And I will say Carolina, I thought he was in a better situation. Carolina was in a weird spot where I, they wanted to lose towards the end, and that didn't help him. And he went to a, the the Rams at the end of the year. They were devoid of talent. Cooper Cup, as you recall, only played eight games last season. Aaron Donald wasn't playing towards the end of the year. No OBJ on that on that team. They didn't have a great, they didn't have great receiving, they didn't have great receiving talent for him to play with. They didn't have a great running game. So it wasn't a perfect scenario, plus it's towards the end of the year and it's kind of mailed in time for a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl the year before. He ends into this knowing he has Mike Evans to throw the ball to, who might be the best 50-50 ball receiver in the last decade in the NFL. Mike Evans very well could be a Hall of Famer at the end of his career. That might sound crazy. The amount of pro balls he's gone to, how consistent he is year in, year out. And that wasn't just with Tom Brady. He was doing that with Jameis Winston. He was doing that with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was doing that with crap quarterbacks throughout some of his career. He's going to have to do, oddly enough, he's going to have to do that again this year with either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. The new OC in Tampa after Byron Leftwich got fired after last year, him and Tom Brady fighting on the sidelines multiple times, the play calling, very mundane, no creativity. For me, Tampa, they have Rashad White as their starting running back, who's to me, he's more of a scat back. I don't view him as a guy that could have 20 to 25 carries a game. They also have Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't think running back's a strong position for them, which is a, another problem where one of the things I think this offense did poorly under Tom Brady was they never had a run game and they refused to run the football. Tom Brady had to throw the ball 45 to 50 times a game. Whether that was Tom Brady, Byron Leftwich, or in all likelihood, a combination of the two, it didn't work. Tom got hit more and more, but he didn't want to get hit, so he just throw the ball in the dirt. Then you'd end up in third and longs, and you're a team that isn't all that talented with a banged-up offensive line. You're not going to win. And they didn't, and they got embarrassed, as I recall, that Monday night football playoff game last year at home to Dak Prescott and them Cowboys. 
Well, B- Baker Mayfield isn't Tom Brady. And running back isn't as important a position as it used to be. But it's really important for a team that doesn't have an elite quarterback. Ask Daniel Jones. He doesn't want to know what life is like without Saquon Barkley because it won't be as fun for him when they're averaging a yard and a half a carry with substitute backs. Two running backs went in the first round. Jameer Gibbs to Detroit, Bijan Robinson to Atlanta, who we'll talk about next. I'm not saying you take a running back that high, but there are some good running backs in this draft. There's always running backs available. It sounds like Kareem Hunt might be going to the New Orleans Saints. Dalvin Cook remains a free agent. Dalvin Cook likely doesn't want to go to Tampa because he doesn't think they can win a Super Bowl. I get it. But he does live in Florida. Wouldn't be that big of a commute. You stay in the nice weather. He will be the bell cow. He will get the majority of the carries. He won't with the Jets. He might not in New England with Ramondre Stevenson, who I know Bill Belichick really loves, whether he fumbles the ball or not. He loves to give him the football. In Tampa, Rashad White will come in on third down. You use Delvin Cook on the first two. He can also catch on third down as well. He's a three down back. But if you want to show your value, if you want to make the most money, go to a team that needs a running back. Tampa does. To me, it's it's a glaring hole on this team. It's something the general manager, president, owners didn't acknowledge. Okay, you fire offensive coordinator. Yes, warranted. You bring in a new OC, but your running back is not all that talented. Can't do that many things. Can't take the wear and tear of down in, down out. And you have a quarterback who is, you could easily label him as injury prone now because he's been injured the last two seasons and if you recall, his last year in Cleveland, he hurt himself the second game of the season trying to steal the ball after throwing an interception. Trying to be a hero tackling a big defensive lineman. So Tampa's just a weird team because they kept the old roster and you add a veteran quarterback but with no pedigree. It didn't work out for Russell Wilson in year one in Denver, but you understood why they took that swing. They were devoid of quarterback talent forever. We have this roster that we think can win a Super Bowl. Our our defense is top 10 every year. Why wouldn't we do this? Tampa went, okay, we lose Tom Brady. Do we want to rebuild? Do we want to fire Todd Bowles and bring in a new culture? shift things. No, we got Mike Evans. We got Chris Godwin. We got Levante David, Shaq Barrett. All of the guys who helped win us a Super Bowl are still here, just at more of an advanced age. So let's go get this Band-Aid quarterback to see if he can do it with this team that's talented. I like Baker Mayfield, as I said. I like this team. For the most part, I wish they're all about a year or two younger, 
But don't we all wish we were a year or two younger? I just would have picked a different quarterback if I'm sticking with this team. If you're in, go in. They're paying Baker Mayfield $8 million to play quarterback. If you're paying somebody $8 million to play quarterback, you're going to get what you pay for. It's the old Michael Michael Scott thing. He said, oh, I, I had this buddy. He went out, paid for a lady of the evening, cost me $5, and I got crabs. And then she says, well, what would you expect? It was $5. Patrick Mahomes cost you more than $8 bucks. Russell Wilson cost you more than eight million. Geno Smith would have been a better option. He goes to back. He goes back to Seattle. And Tampa was in tough because they trade away draft picks to keep Tom Brady happy and keep the team competitive. I get it, but I think there was better options out there. Because they're spending a lot of money on the salary cap to have this team where, okay, you're spending a lot on wide receivers. Mike Evans makes close to 20. Chris Godwin got an extension. He makes 16. Ryan Jensen, I think he makes 18 million a year. Tristan Wirth's still in his rookie deal, but he'll make good money when he gets his contract. Levante David makes 14, I believe. So you have all these veterans. They're making good money. Making good money to play for your team. And then you spend $8 million bucks on Baker Mayfield. And you have Kyle Trask, who's on a third-round pick salary, which is like eight hundred grand. I like to spend more money on my quarterback. If I'm going to do that, if this is my plan... I would have pushed harder for Derek Carr, who we'll talk about later, who's in this division. Because he chose a veteran roster that lacked quarterback play. Well, Tampa Bay's won a Super Bowl recently. (laughs) New Orleans hasn't. We can talk all we want about New Orleans, how we like them, we like the roster. At least Tampa's proved it. Levante David, Shaq Barrett, all these guys have a ring. Shaq Barrett has two of them. So I think for Tampa, I don't have many expectations for this team. I think this team would be very happy to try to be competitive early in the season in a division that you expect them to compete because the division is not loaded with scary teams. You look around and you say, Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, how good are they going to be? But I think Tampa, they, I don't think they want to say this publicly until much later in the season when we release a press release after losing a number of games, that they would love to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. They would love to have the number one pick in the draft. They start the season at the Vikings. Then they host the Bears. Then they host the Eagles. That's their first three games. Not murderer's row, but not an easy schedule to say the least. And the fourth game, 
They go to New Orleans. Could they start one and three? Absolutely. Could they be 0 and 4? Yeah. Yeah. They could lose that Bears game for sure, even though they're at home. Why not? Bears are improving. We'll talk about them soon. But my expectations with this team are pretty low. I want this to be a better story. I want Baker to play well because I like Baker. And I hope he doesn't get injured and I hope it goes well for him. But the fact that there's a quarterback competition and it's legit tells me he's not playing all that well in training camp, which you're competing with Kyle Trask. It's not Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes on the practice field where you see two guys actually, you know, battling it out because both guys are pretty good. Kyle Trask wasn't good in college. I don't think he'll be that good in the NFL. Hasn't played a snap yet for reference. Let's go to Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. The Atlanta Falcons. Mentioned Todd Bowles. Hot seat to start the year in Tampa Bay. I think Arthur Smith's seat is really, really hot in Atlanta. There might not be a coach who's under more pressure this year to deliver. Because I'll be so bold as to say this. If the Atlanta Falcons miss the playoffs, Arthur Smith will not be the head coach. Arthur Smith will be an offensive coordinator somewhere else trying to get back to the opportunity to be the head coach. Because he's been there a minute. They made some interesting decisions. And he's got to decide what's happening with his team. Where are they going? What team do, what kind of team do they want to be? And last year, for the first 13 games, he had Marcus Mariota. Mariota came over from Vegas, was featured on the NFL quarterback show on Netflix. And was benched after the team fell to four and nine. That made that meant that there was a shift in quarterback. There was a move which brought on the University of Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter did not show much in those games. Watched a lot of Desmond Ritter in college. Got better. Led the University of Cincinnati to a Final Four appearance. Shocking the world. And having, you know, an undefeated season until the Final Four. Until getting destroyed by the University of Alabama. But Desmond Ritter is solidified. He is the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons heading into this season. So what's happening around him? Well, Arthur Smith, what do we know about Arthur Smith? He makes quarterbacks better. Ryan Tannehill, remember him? Miami, huge contract, cut, ends up a backup in Tennessee. Gets to Tennessee. Who's the offensive coordinator of the Titans? Arthur Smith. 
helps Ryan Tannehill. They get to an AFC Championship game together. That's how he gets the job in Atlanta. Now, since getting to Atlanta, he had Matt Ryan for a year. Then he went through Marcus Mariota. I don't think he made either of those guys better. His offenses weren't all that dynamic. And the best thing you can say about his offenses is that the running game was incredibly interesting because they had the best rushing attack in the NFL last year because they had so many backs that could do things. So in saying that, we get to the draft, so it only makes sense that with the eighth pick in the draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Bijan Robinson, the uber-talented player out of the University of Texas. I remember I'm watching the draft. Atlanta's up. You hear rumblings that Atlanta might be in on Bijan. I say, this makes no sense. They got running backs out the wazoo in Atlanta. Atlanta's got, they got so many running backs that I like. Why would they take Bijan? How about Tyler Algier? Love him. Cordero Patterson. Carlos Washington III. They had more backs than you could ever need. And they take Bijan Robinson. I got nothing against Bijan Robinson. I, you could argue he was the second best college football player in the nation last year behind Caleb Williams. He was not up for the Heisman because Texas is not good enough. But he was damn good in every every appearance he made. He was great in the Alabama game. He's just a great player. And he, he's a he's a running back, pseudo-wide receiver. He's going to be used in a lot of different ways, I think. So I get the appeal. I get he's a chess piece, and I love a game of chess. We can put him on the board. We can put him here. We can put him there. How are we going to configure this? But we have options with this versatile player. I just don't think it was the right selection for Atlanta. Eighth overall, taking a running back when you're a really good rushing team. How about adding to your defense? Which I think is a weakness on this team, which I'll touch on. But their decisions this offseason were, were pivoting to Desmond Ritter full-time. He's locked in. We, he, he knew at the end of last year he's the starting quarterback. We're not exploring veterans in the market like New Orleans. We're not adding it. The only player they added as a backup is Taylor Heineke. Fan favorite of the show, a.k.a. the Green Lizard, formerly of the Washington Commanders. So Heineke is backing up Desmond Ritter, but there's no competition. It's Taylor Heine, It's uh, Desmond Ritter's job, and everybody knows it. But knowing that this is a huge year for Arthur Smith, and that the Atlanta Falcons, with Arthur Blank, who spends a lot of money, and he's an owner who doesn't get involved, but you see him a lot, and I think he expects he expects the team to win. He just built a multi-billion dollar stadium in downtown Atlanta. He made a couple splashes. They signed Jesse Bates, one of the best safeties in the NFL, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals. Love him, can do it all. 
versatile, incredibly athletic, and he becomes instantly the quarterback of your defense. They re-sign Caleb McGarry, their offensive tackle. They bring in Matt Collins, who was with the Raiders. Sign Calais Campbell, the veteran who's been around the block, played with the Ravens, played with the Jags, still productive at his advanced age. Bring in Mike Hughes, a corner from Detroit. David Omnumyada, a defensive lineman who was with Baltimore. Add Bud Dupree. Also add Scotty Miller from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they were one of the most active teams in free agency. They did a lot. They lose Mariota. They lose Zacchaeus, the wide receiver, and they lose Rashawn Evans, a running back. What, what I like about this team is if Desmond Ritter does not work out and he proves that he is not, we'll know if he's not a good quarterback. There's rosters where it goes, okay, if I go somewhere else, it's because I didn't have skill position players. Well, I don't see that here. Drake London heading into year two, got banged up a little bit last year at 800 yards receiving. I like the guy. Mac Hollins, Scotty Miller, Kyle Pitts. They had Johnny Smith from the Patriots. And with Bijan and Algier and Cordero Patterson, they have a good they have a good brand of offensive talent on this team. Pitts remains a mystery. How good is this guy? He only had 28 catches last year for 356 yards. Not good enough. Only has 1300 yards receiving over his career with three touchdowns. He was a touchdown machine at the University of Florida with Kyle Trask, oddly enough. But he needs to be used more creatively. In 2020, in Florida, he had 43 catches, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns. And he averaged 18 yards a catch. 18 yards a catch as a tight end. Last year, he averaged 12.7. Not good enough. His longest catch was 33 yards. He is athletic. He might line up as a tight end, but like Bijan Robinson, he's a chess piece that can do multiple things. He's a rook. He can move side to side, and then he can move ahead and strike when you need him to. The best chess piece on the board. He's a talent that I think Arthur Smith has not utilized yet to his full potential. Okay, he's not the best blocking tight end. Neither is Travis Kelsey, if you haven't noticed. That's not his specialty. He gets out there and he catches the football. Kyle Pitts could get 50, 60 plus catches a year if that's the way they want to use the offense. He's not as physical as Gronk. He's not as physical as George Kittle, but he doesn't need to be. Not every tight end is like that. Mike Gusecki was very good in Miami, and he didn't. He couldn't block a fucking ant. But you remember his name. He's athletic. He had a personality. He made great catches. See, look, all these pieces that they've added on offense. This team is all different options. Pitts. Robinson, 
Scotty Miller's a deep threat when you do want to throw the ball down the field. You had your 50-50 catch receiver in Drake London, who's taller than the goddamn Brooklyn Bridge. The guy can do anything. An offensive line. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I think the, the biggest strength I can say is their offense has talent and they have different players that can do different things. So you don't have to play one way. On third down, Bijan Robinson, put him in the slot. If he's coming out of the backfield, he's an easy check down pass and he can make things happen. Play action, bootlegs, Kyle Pitts in space. I think if you look at this team, you say in the red zone, we have Kyle Pitts, who had goddamn 20 touchdowns in college in one season. Drake London, who is just, just look at him. You see him in the end zone. He's hard to miss. As I mentioned last year, 866 yards in his rookie year. It's a good year. 72 receptions. And he missed some games. I thought he was very good. He missed a game. But he's a good player. He's got he's big. He's got creativity. At USC in his last year, at 88 catches and seven for touchdowns. Big target. So this offense has potential. They have options. Another thing I like about this team, I think their secondary is going to be really good. Yeah, Jesse Bates Jr. the third. Awesome. AJ Terrell at corner is already one of the best in the NFL and has been for some time. He's locked down. He'll take your best player and he'll shut you down. They traded for Jeff Okuda from the Detroit Lions. Jeff Okuda's battled injuries. He's had some tough luck, but he's still only 24. He was the third overall pick in a draft, and they saw something in him that they're going to take a chance and hope that he he can put it together and find some success. So with Terrell, Bates, Okuda, I like that secondary. I think they have some ball hawks, and if you want to play around with them, I think they can make you pay. Grady Jarrett's a good player. Omnignata is a good signing. Bud Dupree's a little washed. Weaknesses with this team. Desmond Ritter. I don't know. Who is Desmond Ritter? I watched him play last year, and it was really... There wasn't a whole lot to go on. He had 708 yards passing and two touchdowns with a less than 50 QBR. Which, not good. 63% passing, two touchdowns, zero interception. He was sacked nine times in four games. So... He's got, he can move a little bit. It's not his emphasis of his game, but he can move around if he has to. I just, there's so little tape on him. I watched him a lot in college. I thought he was a good college quarterback. 
I never thought he he was like a, a first round talent coming out. He, he ended up dropping in the draft. He didn't go in the first round. But that that's it's just a, it's a weakness for me because it's an unknown. Maybe he's improved. Maybe he will show something. You hear different teams like Tennessee has Malik Willis listed as the number two quarterback in camp ahead of Will Levis. Mike Vrabel saying he's shown a lot of improvement. He's playing really hard. He's, he's night and day compared to, to last season. That's great. Maybe Desmond Ritter will be a whole lot better as well. And that will, that will shine and it will be evident to everybody. But I don't know yet. And you got to watch the games. The other thing, I think they got a, there's kind of an old pass rush. And if you're not sacking the quarterback, you're not getting pressures, you're asking a lot out of your secondary to be great week in and week out. Calais Campbell is a legend. He's awesome. He was great on those Jags defenses. Where they where Blake Bortles at quarterback yet they got to an AFC championship game because he was a huge part of the reason why with Jalen Ramsey and those boys. But he had 18 tackles last year and five and a half sacks. He's 36 years old. So how much production is he going to give you? I mean, 2020, four sacks. 2021, sack and a half, five and a half, uh, 2022. His last great year for sacks was 2018 with 10 and a half. It's a long time ago, and again, you're getting older and older. And this team doesn't have a whole lot of guys that are going to help him. Bud Dupree, he's torn his ACL a couple times. He had four sacks last year. So... To me, he's not a guy I would have signed. Just doesn't have it anymore. Grady Jarrett, still a good player. But he only had six sacks last year on a team that didn't have a great pass rush, to be fair. He's normally quite productive in that area. But you're looking for something from him, just consistently. Can this team get to the quarterback? Because it's a must-have. And I think their offensive line is good, not great. That would be my my assessment. Charlie uh, Charlie Lindstrom at right guard, Caleb McGarry at right tackle. Love their right side. And Jake Matthews has been a really good left tackle in this league for a long time. Thirty-one. And I still think he's good. But you look, Matt Hennessy left guard, Drew Dahlman coming into play center. Never played in the NFL before. So Atlanta, who knows with the Atlanta Falcons. They have the potential 
to be a better team than prognosticators, than people like myself are predicting. Because I think their roster is better than Tampa's. I'll take their skill position players just because, yes, Tampa's have proven more. They're older, weathered, however you want to uh, frame it. They've been around the block. But I, I just think eventually that wears out. With Atlanta, there's the youth. There's de- there's going to be desperation on this football team, I believe. But I'll put it to you this way. If I went on FanDuel Sportsbook and I had to bet 17 games the Atlanta Falcons play this year, does Desmond Ritter play all 17? I'm hammering the under. And it won't be because of an injury. I think the Atlanta Falcons will bench Desmond Ritter at some point this season. And Taylor Heineke, the green lizard, is going to get into some games. Because Taylor Heineke is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Because he can come in, he can keep you competitive, and you have a chance to win the game when he's playing. Period. End of story. And if you're Arthur Smith and you don't feel your job security is secure, which it isn't, and you could be unemployed if this team doesn't play well, you're going to make decisions that are good for you. And pulling the desperation card and taking out Desmond Ritter and putting in Taylor Heineke might be that solution. So I think Atlanta could surprise people. Because they have that ability. But do I buy that Desmond Ritter is a 17-game starter after what I've seen and just what I'm thinking moving ahead? No. The Green Lizard will start some games in 2023-2024. The Carolina Panthers... The Carolina Panthers. Do you remember their season last year? Remember they started out 1-4. Their offense was putrid. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker. They had a revolving door of quarterbacks. They had a coach who a lot of people thought was going to come into the NFL out of the out of Baylor University, and just be a star. Be the shining light. But Matt Rule was not. Matt Rule was fired in October with, he signed an eight-year, he had five years left under contract when he was fired. And now he's coaching Nebraska. He's a Cornhusker. And they found a way to buy out and find some settlement options. Carolina's still paying him money not to coach. But it is a disastrous year, although they were so close to making the playoffs. If DJ Moore doesn't take his 
helmet off on a touchdown, if you recall, that ended up having a long extra point that they missed. If Sam Darnold completes a five-yard out against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 17, Carolina makes the playoffs. Tampa doesn't, but they don't. They go down the shitter, and they end up with the first pick in the NFL draft. Not not because they had the worst record, but because they traded up with the Chicago Bears, and they traded first-round picks, second-round picks, and DJ Moore, their Pro Bowl wide receiver, to the Bears to be in pole position to select Bryce Young out of the University of Alabama, who was nominated for the Heisman Trophy. So Carolina, see a Matt Rule, see a Darnold, see a Mayfield, see a P.J. Walker, see a Dante Foreman, see a D.J. Moore. Let's bring in Bryce Young and his new head coach, Frank Reich. Frank Reich, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, who was also fired midseason last year when they brought in Jeff Saturday. But Frank Reich, Frank Reich was in the tough spot. He had veteran quarterback after veteran quarterback, and Matt Ryan was so spent last year that it was god-awful in Indianapolis. And Carolina feels he can work with young quarterbacks, which he can. He worked with Jalen Hurts. In Philadelphia, he worked with Nick Foles to win a Super Bowl. He helped Phillip Rivers actually have a pretty good year in Indy. Carson Wentz was having a career season before those last two games of the season where he choked his career away, you could argue. So Frank Reich is now working with Bryce Young. Bryce Young has already been named the starting quarterback for week one. And the Panthers are going down a new road trying to rebuild, trying to get back to the 2015 days with Ron Rivera and Cam Newton. Cam Newton winning the MVP and getting to the Super Bowl. And knowing that they got a rookie quarterback, knowing that you got a new head coach, they spent some money. Adam Thielen was cut by the Minnesota Vikings. They signed him to a deal, the veteran wide receiver. They bring in DJ Chark. A receiver I like from the Detroit Lions. They added Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles. Hayden Hurst comes over from Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is going to be the backup quarterback to Bryce Young. They bring in Von Bell from the Bengals. They also added Jonathan Mingo in the draft from Ole Miss. I like a lot of those signings. A lot of them make sense. Carolina. Had D.J. Moore. You have a Pro Bowl receiver, they, but you need a quarterback to play with a Pro Bowl receiver, and they needed to get rid of their Pro Bowl receiver to get a quarterback. Price of doing business. They also didn't want to pay D.J. Moore a huge salary, so you deal with it. But looking at this offense, Frank Reich will be calling plays. You're working with Bryce Young. Adam Thielen, D.J. Chark, Terrence Marshall Jr. the third, who's coming out of LSU, still looking to see if he can play at the NFL level. They have LaVisca Chenault Jr., who played with Jacksonville. He's a, you have a lot of different ways you can use him creatively. 
They've, I've seen him use it as a running back, wide receiver, slot, and he's got a lot of different ways. Hayden Hurst. This is one of the underrated signings of the offseason I love the most. Hayden Hurst is a tight end that's nondescript. He's not Travis Kelsey. He's not George Kittle. But he's good. I think they really liked him in Cincinnati, and I don't think they wanted to lose him. He blocks. He's tough. He's physical. And every team he goes to gets better. Every team he goes to, he improves the position. He creates competition. He was playing with Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Baltimore could not keep him because he was too good. Mark, they're not going to leave. He's not better than Mark Andrews, but I think he's very good. And I think he's a security blanket that every young quarterback loves to have. And Bryce Young can look down the field, spot Hayden Hurst, and throw him the football. Checkdowns, I think you'll have a lot of receptions this year, Hayden Hurst. I would say about these offensive weapons, they're good, not great. Adam Thielen didn't have a great season last year in Minnesota, despite the team going 13-4, and despite Kirk Cousins having one of his best years offensively, Justin Jefferson breaking out. He's an older guy, a lot of bumps, a few concussions along the way few surgeries. He did have 70 catches, 716 yards. Adam Thielen's claim to fame is scoring touchdowns. That's what he does best. You look 2022, 6. 2021, 10. 2020, 14. 2019, 6. 2018, 9. He is a red zone marvel. He is a guy that is always, he finds a way to get open. Him and Kirk Cousins just had a rapport in the end zone. They'd find each other with the ball. Hayden Hurst only had two touchdowns last year, only had 414 yards receiving. He'll have more this year, and I think he'll have more catches as well. Or more average per catch. He'll hit eight yards per catch last year. I think that'll go up. But I like Chark. I like LaVisca Chenault. Both guys have to be better than they were. And I think they'll have more roles than they did the previous year because they're going to be asked to do more, quite frankly. Because you have a rookie quarterback that, that's going to need some help. So I think they got good skill position players. That's a strength. The other big strength of this team for Carolina is their defense. This defense, I think it'll be a top 10 defense in the NFL, this Carolina defense. Brian Burns, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, an absolute beast, is starting to get double teamed more and more, and he's just a menace. Derek Brown, nose tackle, defensive tackle, they line up in the middle, they sometimes put him out just a, a little bit out wide. He's a big presence. He's a threat. Frankie Louvu remains on this team. Good pass rusher. Camus Grugier-Hill came over. Shaq Thompson at linebacker. Stud. And they just signed Justin Houston the other day to add to their, to add to their pass rush. 
was Shai Tuttle. Uh, Justin, tu- Justin Houston, advanced age, 34, but he had nine and a half sacks last year. Playing for, playing for the Baltimore Ravens, including having a sack in a playoff game. So he can still play. He can still ball. And if you have guys like Derek Brown, Brian Burns, who are going to be facing double teams, that only helps Justin Houston's numbers and help him improve. You look on the back end, J.C. Horn. He still has room to grow to get better, and I think he will. Had three interceptions last year. That number will go up. Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods, a player at free safety that's really improved. Had six pass deflections last year. Has been playing with the Cowboys. And he's been playing in that Dan Quinn defense. Where since Dan Quinn arrived, every player in that defense has gotten better. You put him there. They add Von Bell, who is another Cincinnati guy. Who can have his bad games, certainly. But I think he's I think he's a, a good add. Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, who's ultra talented. The defense of this team is a strength as a whole. I don't see a lot of weaknesses. Maybe one one cornerback position. But I think Carolina, the defense early on will keep them in games. And I think overall you're playing in this division. One side of the ball will keep you in games because teams aren't all that better than each other. They're, they're close when it comes to, I just think, how they are. Carolina starts at Atlanta. Week one, good first game to have for, for a uh, Bryce Young, in my opinion. Then Carolina hosts the Saints on Monday Night Football. Okay, the two divisional opponents, not easy games, they're not murderers row by any means. Then they go to Seattle, tough place to play. Seattle doesn't have a slobber knocker of a defense. You're going to need a good defense to play against Seattle because they have talented offensive pieces. And then they host Minnesota in week four. Not an easy first schedule, but I think early on, Bryce Young is going to take time to become a good quarterback, to become comfortable playing at the NFL level. He has so much talent. He will use his legs to scramble, to get out of, to get out of uh, dangerous positions like he did in college. That'll help him early. But to settle in the pocket, to just sit there and make throws, to trust himself to make a big throw, that takes time. That takes time for him to learn. That takes experience. He'll play in the preseason, which obviously helps, but there's nothing like the regular season like that game speed to get you prepared for that. So I think the defense is a strength. I think it helps them earlier in the year, and it will keep them competitive throughout the year. Carolina wasn't the worst team in the NFL. They traded up, and they had the first pick. So if you had a pretty good team – which they did. They just had awful quarterback play and subpar coaching the whole year because they never had an offensive coordinator, really. After week five, they didn't have a set offensive coordinator because they fired Matt Rule. Their interim coach honestly could have got this job, but he's the defensive coordinator in San Francisco looking to dominate there and get a head coaching job 
next year. Like Robert Sala did. And like the Houston Texans coach did, whose name is now losing me. Forget why I forget his name all the time. Bugs me. D'Amico Ryans. Like D'Amico Ryans did. So that's but that's a strength. Weaknesses, I would just say Bryce Young's a rookie. And I don't trust any rookie quarterbacks. Because a lot of them have really good numbers, but they're not on good teams. Justin Herbert had the most touchdown passes by a rookie ever. Didn't make the playoffs. Baker Mayfield's second in that category. Cleveland did not make the playoffs. Peyton Manning, that old story with how it went for him in Indy in year one. So... That is the predicament. That is is just, it's always going to be a weakness for me. Because you don't know how good you are at that level yet. How What it's going to be like for you. And I, you know, oddly enough, I think Carolina has a better defense than Atlanta. And I like even without seeing Bryce Young play at the NFL level, I think he's going to be better than Desmond Ritter. But I trust the pieces on the Atlanta offense more than I do Carolina because I just I like them better. And it's tough in football because without a quarterback, you're fucked. In hockey and basketball, you can have really good statistics, but if you're just on a shitty team, it doesn't go well. If you're a ball hog, you can have good metrics, and overall you can look at yourself and say, hey, I played pretty well this year. That happens. I mean, there's guys on bad teams. Look at the NHL. There's guys on teams that miss the playoffs, but your numbers are superb. You know, you had you had 85 points. You had 35 goals. But you know, you know, look at uh, my boy in in Ottawa, Timmy Stusla, missed the playoffs, but the kid's a stud, over a point per game, ninety points. But the team wasn't all that good. So do you remember that he had that good of a season? No. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, you're no good unless the guy throwing to you can give you the get you the football, because it's a, it's a dependent position to be successful. You need somebody to, th- to throw to you. And I know those guys will be motivated because Kyle Pitts entering year three, as you get closer to contract time, you need to prove that you can play and you can be a productive player. Because otherwise you're not going to get those checks. You won't get the big money that you see around the league and you'll be making running back money praying for a job. Carolina and Atlanta are very close to me. I'm going to lean that Carolina is a better team by the end of the year because I like Bryce Young more than I like Desmond Ritter. I love the Carolina's defense, and I'm just going to bank on Frank Reich, who was good in Indy in year one, made the playoffs. Had success from the jump in Philadelphia 
with any quarterback that was thrown at him. Carson Wentz was leading him to an MVP, then Nick Foles, then Jalen Hurts. Doesn't matter. Phillip Rivers, for Christ's sakes. That he'll find a way to work with Bryce to incrementally improve week after week, and the defense will keep them in games until they do that. They likely aren't a playoff team, but I think they'll be better than Atlanta. The final team in the NFC South is the team in the Bayou, the New Orleans Saints, who have retained Dennis Allen, his head coach. He enters year two. But remember last year there was Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston could have played but didn't play. Just a weird calamity of quarterbacks that they continue to dress. Andy Dalton played a number of a lot of games last year for the Saints that were kind of puzzling. Why is Andy Dalton playing? Well, they said enough of that. Enough of this noise. They went out there on the free agent market. And after Derek Carr was cut by the Las Vegas Raiders after being benched last year, they scooped him up. They scoop him up, they bring him in on a two-year contract, and he is now the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. He's kind of on a redemption tour. He's trying to prove that he is still an elite quarterback. He's a guy that can be relied upon, that can lead a team to to be successful. And you look, you have Derek Carr, you have Jameis Winston behind him, who's still on the Saints. Jake Hayner, who they took in the fifth round, and Taysom Hill is still under contract. But also, they re-up Michael Thomas, who it sounds like he'll be available to start the year, but keep that with a grain of salt. They had Foster Moreau from the Raiders, who is battling cancer, but he's healthy now. Thank God for him. They had Jamal Williams, formerly of Green Bay in Detroit. To the running back room, they had Jarvis Landry. Brian Brees, they drafted out of Clemson, the pass rusher. He also drafted Condre Miller from Texas Christian University. However, they did lose Marcus Davenport, great pass rusher to the Vikings. Aninata, we talked about earlier, left for the Falcons. Caden Ellis left for the Falcons. Andy Dalton is now a Carolina Panther. Shy Tuttle is on Carolina as well. So I lost a lot of guys to the division. But to me, clear as day, the Saints are the team to beat in this division. They have had an elite defense for a very long time with suspect quarterback slash offensive play. Defense has been their calling card, and it's been their way to be. Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, Tyron Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus May. This has been their team. It's been their identity and what's kept them relevant. 
Now, Davenport's a big loss. They lost Trey Hendrickson over the years to the Bengals. They've had to lose pieces that they wanted to keep because they had to pay so much money to Drew Brees, and then they're paying Taysom Hill, and they had to restructure contracts, and they've been over the salary. It's just been a mess in New Orleans for a while. But look at Cam Jordan. Will Brian Breesey play as a rookie? I think he'll get some snaps. They believe Carl Granderson can bring something to the table, can be a better pass rusher. He had five and a half sacks last year, but he can be better playing alongside this team. Demario Davis may be 34, but he was still awesome last year. He was still one of the best in the NFL, in my personal opinion. Tyron Matthew at free safety at that number, hard to beat. And you have Marshawn Lattimore at corner, who's as physical as they come. He's not afraid to mix it up. So I don't think their defense is as good as it was in previous years. But I think this offense will help them. I've always been a Derek Carr supporter. Derek Carr has been talked about as a guy that just isn't all that good. He's been lumped into a category with guys like Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, let me think of these quarter Baker Mayfield for parts of his career. He's not an elite guy, but some people don't think he's in the mid. Think, some thinks he's a bottom tier quarterback. I don't think he is. I think he's been a quarterback that's been treated pretty shitty over the course of his career. John Gruden treated him like shit. Then last year you go through the Vegas situation where did Derek Carr play well last year? No. He had his worst year, his worst year of his NFL career. Absolutely. No doubt about it. He had 14 interceptions. God awful. 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 55.5 QBR, which was 14th in the NFL, so right in the middle. But he was not good and only completed 60.8% of his passes. He's a 65% completion percentage for his career. So he needs to work. He needs to get better. He needs to improve, certainly. What they're doing in Vegas with Al Davis, what the business they've done down there, not for me. I look at this team where he's going to have Michael Thomas back, Chris Olave, who enters year two, who had 1,000 yards in his rookie season with that quarter, the calamity of quarterbacks last year, Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill and all that garbage. He, him with Derek Carr, look out. I love Olave. Love the draft picks. Still do. think the kid's a stud. Shahid, the, another wide receiver. They also had James Washington. They have options. I love Jawan Johnson, their tight end. They also have Moreau and Taysom Hill, who's a jack of all trades. Running back room, Kamara suspended for the first three games. But you add Jamal Williams. I mentioned they drafted Condre Miller. And it's not done yet, but it sounds like Kareem Hunt might be added to this team. He's visiting Indianapolis Colts tomorrow. But he might be a member of the New Orleans Saints before the week is done. 
So this team, yes, Carr had Devontae Adams last year. And Devontae Adams is better than any receiver on this roster. I give you that. But Darren Waller hardly played last year. He was injured the entire year. It was just a mess in Vegas. And I think Derek Carr needed a reset. He had only played for the Raiders organization. And now he comes to play for the Saints. Ryan Ramchek, Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy, Anders Pete, Trevor Penning. Those five offensive linemen played together last played together last year. The Saints are bringing back the same offensive line. Cohesion, you have chemistry, you don't need to build it in. I might sound like I'm propping up the Saints to be a really good team. We got to remember, the NFC isn't that good. There's not that many great teams in the NFC. We're going to go through all the divisions, and we'll talk about it in detail, especially when we get to the end of it, just discussing how many good teams are they talk about, how they say, oh, is this team really going to be that good? We know about the Eagles. We know about the Cowboys. We know about the 49ers. But there's got to be other teams that make the playoffs. There's got to be a team that wins the goddamn NFC South. And to me, the Saints are the prohibitive favorite right now. I, I like this offense. I like Derek Carr to have a bounce back. I like their running back depth. I like their offensive line. I love Chris Olave. Michael Thomas has not been healthy for two years. But when he is healthy, he's one of the best intermediate catch wide receivers in the game. You need nine yards, he gets you nine yards, but he can do it 12 times a game. His route running is that good. He had 145 catches in one season, which is still an NFL record. The defense isn't as good, but they still have the talent on there. They still have the nucleus that's made New Orleans a very formidable defense for a long time. I'm not saying this team is Super Bowl bound. I'm not saying this team's a juggernaut. In the in the entire NFL, but in the NFC and in particular in this division, I think it has the least amount of questions about them. Again, Carolina rookie quarterback, new coach, new weapons. How good are they going to be? Atlanta. Bijan Robinson, Jesse Bates, I like the additions. But Desmond Ritter, not exactly uh, not exactly a brand name quarterback. Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. I just, they got a veteran team that I don't know what they're going to accomplish this year. I just don't see them doing all that much. So that's the NFC South. But again, there's some intrigue there. There's some fun teams. Bryce Young was awesome in college. I think he's going to be good in the NFL. 
New Orleans is interesting again. They addressed the quarterback position that needed to be addressed. So good for them for doing it. But that's it. Later in the week, we'll talk about the AFC North, which is a loaded division. Less question marks about these teams, just who's going to win it. Going through the, the, the studying for the AFC North, it's a dogfight to see who's going to win that division, who's going to be who's going to come out of it because there's just a lot of talent. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. There's the Deshaun Watson of it all. Can he find his old form? Because if he does, look out. So that's coming up later in the week. Back to regular programming tomorrow. We'll discuss a bunch of different things, some tennis, some baseball, some big news out of Tampa Bay and baseball, college football, and anything, any other news that comes up between now and then. So thank you for the continued support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the comments. Till next time, this is To The Point.